Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, I sit down with visionary humans and ask them the one question that you probably want to know the answer to. How did they create, launch, and scale up the business of their dreams? My name is Kelsey Rydell, and I am the founder of Visionary Life and The Visionary Method. The intention behind all of our content is simple, and that is to plug you into the people, inspiration, and information that will help you create your own most visionary life. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. This show is going to help you consciously create a life you love on your own terms. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am going to kind of freewheel this intro because it is Sunday, Sunday evening to be exact. It is the first gorgeous day here in Toronto, Ontario, where I live, and I'm a little bit sunburnt. I'm also a little bit exhausted because I went on my first big road ride of the year, so I'm feeling drained, but that is not going to stop me from sharing the incredible show ahead that I have for you in honor of Senko de Mayo. And I am talking to Samantha Valdivia, as well as her business partners, Riz and Matthew. I'll share the whole story, why it ended up being the three of us and how I was kind of blindsided by it, but loved it. And they are the trio behind La Condesa. So after having the amazing opportunity to live and work in beautiful Prince Edward County for the past two years, chef Samantha Valdivia has now opened La Condesa in the heart of Wellington Village. Serving up a variety of shareable plates, La Condesa brings their guests an elevated yet approachable taste of authentic Mexican cuisine. If you've ever dined out somewhere and said, wow, I cannot imagine starting a restaurant, or you've met a business owner who's in the restaurant industry, or you've met a chef or a front of house manager, you've probably had thoughts before that it would be a challenging job. It would be tough to serve up people on a daily basis, make sure their experience is reliable and consistent, and to make ends meet. But I am beyond inspired after chatting with this trio, who all of them relocated from the big city of Toronto up to little Prince Edward County, and they are truly walking out and living their most visionary life. So more on La Condesa in a minute, but first I thought I'd share a couple updates. Okay, so like I said in the intro, summer is officially here. Today was so warm and so hot, and as I mentioned, I got out on a big 50k road ride. Well, big for me right now at the beginning of the season, but... Luckily, I wore my sunscreen, but then Dave and I proceeded to trek through our neighborhood and go shopping, and then we got our patio furniture out, and I sat on the patio reading a book, a book called The One Thing, which I would highly suggest, even though I've only read four pages. (laughs) Maybe it's not good to make book recommendations that soon. 
Anyway, so I'm sitting out and I forgot to reapply my sunscreen. And so my face is officially lobster-like. And this is the one thing I told myself I was not going to do this year was burn my skin because don't want wrinkles and I know I can prevent them. Uh, but anyways, it got me thinking about sunscreen and particularly natural sunscreen that I've used, I've loved, I've tried. Uh, I don't like using regular sunscreen. I believe that anything you put on your skin should be something that you feel comfortable with the ingredients. We absorb everything quickly that we put on our skin. It enters to our bloodstream. And if there are toxic ingredients, your body needs to do the detoxing. And that can be challenging. So a few of the brands that I would suggest would be Derma E or Green Beaver or Badger or Kula. And I want to suggest a spot where you can shop your healthy sunscreen. So Healthy Planet has been a friend of mine, a friend of the podcast since the early days, since before I even started doing this podcast, I've partnered with them and I am so excited to share that they are going to be an official sponsor of the Visionary Life podcast. And one thing I love about Healthy Planet is that you can truly treat it as a one-stop shop for all of your natural health and organic food and clean eats and beauty just everything okay and so you can either shop all of their stores here in Ontario or you can actually shop online and as you guys know I'm a big online shopper love the efficiency of having things show up to my door so I tend to shop Healthy Planet online and you can find them at healthyplanetcanada.com they truly have the lowest pricer, prices, if I could speak, um, and I always feel comfortable placing my order with them because it arrives extremely quickly. They are a Canadian company. Their stores are amazingly designed, beautifully merchandised, and I met them back when I was at uh, working with Vega and have had a strong relationship with them ever since. So really excited to let you know that they will be sponsoring some of these shows moving forward. And uh, I want to just start off by saying that now that the season is turning, sunscreen is top of mind and Healthy Planet is one place you can go to get all your green, clean, non-toxic sunscreen and all your beauty and body care products. So thank you, Healthy Planet. Go check them out. Again, they've got locations across Ontario. And you can shop online at healthyplanetcanada.com. Second, I just wanted to let you know that I'll be releasing a special bonus episode. I recorded a podcast with my husband, Dave, and it was so much fun. He started his own podcast. Now we're going to be recording some podcast episodes, just the two of us. So I'm really excited to share that with you. I think it'll come out this coming week, a few days from the time this episode is launched. So keep your eyes peeled. All right, back to this week's episode. So Sam Valdivia came highly recommended through a couple Instagram followers that I have. And when I shared that I was coming to Prince Edward County to do another partnered tour with the county, that I got a couple DMs saying, you need to meet Sam. And I can absolutely understand why. Sam is a passionate chef, native to Mexico, and her personality is completely magnetic. Sam made the move from Toronto where she lived for many years to Prince Edward County to build a new life. Now I walked into their newly opened, like it was fresh, their newly opened restaurant in Wellington, Ontario, expecting just to interview Sam. 
But as things unfolded, I'm setting up my podcast equipment. We're sitting at the bar in the restaurant. And then all of a sudden, her partner Riz walked in. And she's like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, great. It's going to be a three-person podcast. Sounds good. Luckily, I had brought an extra lavalier mic. And then their friend and front of house bar manager, Matthew, he walks in. And Sam is like, hey, Matt, do you want to be on the podcast? (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, yeah, sure. So he pulls up a chair. And all of a sudden, we've got four people sitting around the bar. And we decide to do the podcast as is. So the sound quality might be a little bit less than you're used to. But I do not want that to stop you from listening to this interview because these three incredible, happy, inspiring souls are worth your next hour. Their youthful energy is contagious and their love for what they do and for what they've created is nothing short of inspiring. And I thought it was so appropriate to air this episode on Sanco de Mayo. So if you're celebrating and if you are thinking of going to Prince Edward County, you absolutely must visit La Condesa. Thank you to the county for sponsoring this episode. I'm so grateful to partner with them to bring you content that uplifts and shines a spotlight on the incredible business owners and entrepreneurs and humans who reside in the county. Prince Edward County truly has a way of capturing hearts and imaginations with its combination of authentic sophistication and rural calmness. The, co- the county is a hub for creativity and entrepreneurship, and the extraordinary backdrop of their nature and the sand dunes and the people who make up the landscape make Prince Edward County, one of my favorite places on earth and a place that you all should visit given the chance. So thank you again to the county. Head to the Build a New Life blog. It's just buildanewlife.ca or you can find Visit the County on Instagram. And if you have any questions at all, I would love to answer them. So please reach out at Kelsey Rydell on Instagram and you can use the hashtag Visionary Life. Let's dive into this week's episode with Sam and Riz and Matthew. Please enjoy. So I was saying to Sam earlier, last year, about a year and a half ago, I live in Toronto right now and I met the founders of the June Motel. I'm sure, are you both familiar with it? Yeah, here on the weekend. Okay, cool. So I met them at a networking event and uh, I asked them to be on the podcast and they were like, yeah, for sure. So we recorded a podcast and they said, well, you know, have you ever been to Prince Edward County where our motel is? And I said, no, I've never been. I think maybe I've passed through it, but... And so they said, come on up, we'll introduce you to some business owners and maybe you could interview some of them. So I came up here a few months later, I think it was in the spring last year, um, interviewed Samantha from Parsons Brewery, uh, Sonia from the Vic Cafe. I interviewed- Did you go to her new spot? Yes, I went yesterday. It's I was amazing. shocked. I was like, what I is happening? Where From is the that tiny little place to like? <laughs> yeah, and it's totally changed. It actually yeah. has similar color schemes. To a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Um, but came, had a great time, got put in touch with someone who um, is a community development coordinator for the county, and he helps to facilitate the content for the Build a New Life blog. And so I partnered with them, came back again in July, did a whole other series with business owners. So we've interviewed over 10 business owners from the county, and 
I'm back again doing a third circuit. So um, one of my friends actually messaged me and she said, you need to meet Sam from La Condesa. And so, yeah, I reached out. And so that's why I'm here today. (laughs) And uh, the whole purpose of the podcast, it's called Visionary Life. And we're recording, by the way. So (laughs) Um, it's called Visionary Life. And it's meant to shine a spotlight on visionary entrepreneurs um, who are building something that's unique and who are following their hearts and their passions. And what we want to dig in in the conversation is really where you got the idea and the support that needed to happen in order to get this place to where it is today. As we know, you can't do it alone, so it's really cool that we're all here together. (laughs) And I'll get everyone to introduce themselves in a moment. Um, But I find that I'm a business coach by trade now, and a lot of people, they come to me and they say, you know, I've wanted to start a business for a while, but I have no idea what to do. And I don't even know what first step to take. And so the podcast is meant to just show that anyone can do it. It just takes a lot of small steps, one after another, and eventually you can birth something like this, right? And so through the conversations, we just aim to share that, um, you know, it's possible and what's the journey like. So we'll just dig into some of the nitty gritty and we'll see where the conversation flows. So maybe we can go around um, the circle right now, starting with you, Sam, and you can just let us know your name so people can recognize your voice and where you're from and what your role is with the restaurant. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Sam. I'm from originally from Mexico, lived in Toronto for seven years, and now in the county for almost two and a half. Um, I'm the chef slash dishwasher slash everything <laughs> are, you the the, are you the person who came up with the idea for the the business yeah i guess so okay so you're the founder i guess so <laughs> I, like, I never put that in to into i don't know it just everything felt like went through so well like yeah. i don't even know if it was like an idea i just it, it was so organically yeah. done that it just happened. Awesome. I know we we're all that. founders because we couldn't be here without each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love nothing that. would have have happened. I would still be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I still press RTS every day, but like, it would have been just different. Yeah, awesome. Go ahead. So I'm Rizal. People go call me by Riz. Um, I'm the sort of like sous chef and kind of like I help Sam with any kitchen needs that she needs. <laughs> And um, yeah, I'm originally from Malaysia, moved to Toronto when I was 14, um, had a background, kind of like a stint after university, worked in finance for two years, and then just fell in love with cooking Mexican food and just in, indulged myself in Mexican cuisine for like the past five years now. Um, yeah, that's, that's... Awesome, thank yeah. you. And go ahead. Uh, my name's Matthew. Uh, I'm originally from Australia, but I've been in Canada now for about seven years. And um, these guys brought me on to the front of house and the beverage program. Uh, so mainly pushing uh, a lot of tequila and mezcal cocktails. And uh, it seems to be going over pretty well so far in the county. Mm, love it. So I think a logical place to start would be, how did the three of you meet? <laughs> so yeah, who we met used, first? We used to work then... together, all of us, at some point in life. And we used to just like go out and grab beers and be like, we're going to open a restaurant. We're going to yeah. open a restaurant. And then like... Six years later, Matt gets the call. I'm like, can you quit your like stable job and like move to the county and open a restaurant? Very sure. crazy. We are. So you met working in the restaurant industry yeah. in Toronto. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. We've always done Mexican restaurants, tequila. Like it's just 
in our blood at this point. Very <laughs> Definitely cool. in mine, but... Sam, were you, you said you were born in Mexico City? Cancun. In Cancun. It's actually a... I was actually born in Toronto, but I left when I was six months, but all my family is from Mexico, so I'm like... Okay. I just say I am, but I'm not born. Yeah. It's a fine line. Okay, awesome. And but I so, lived in Cancun for 20 years, so then I moved to Toronto for seven, and then I ended up here for two and a half. And who was the first one to move to Prince Edward County? Me. You. And yeah. what brought you here? Parsons, yeah. I was Parsons. working at Parsons Brewing, and they were, they were building the whole thing, building a space, and they knew they needed a chef. Sam from Parsons, Sam and Sam, um, she's from uh, Guatemala, so she wanted like Latin American Spire menu, and then we ended up meeting, and I was just there at Thanksgiving, just like randomly as a visitor or whatever, and then I helped out with dinner, and she's like, oh my god, this is amazing, you're a chef, do you want to move? And I'm like, no, thank you, you know, like, and then I don't even know what happened, and I ended up saying yes, and I moved. Wow. And Riz, what brought you here? So, she dragged me. <laughs> we're also fires so, yeah, in real life. Okay. Real life. Yeah, so, she moved first, and then when she moved, I sort of, like, the restaurant in Toronto, I took over that restaurant in Toronto, so I became the chef there. And then a few months went by, I think it was like six months went by, and then I, she called me up and we were just like, come to Prince Edward County, let's start our life together, and like work together and all that, and just did it, I just quit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Two came, weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks later and came, yeah. And Matthew, you got the call at a certain point, maybe last year. And it was, yeah. I think it was actually, I was at a wedding in BC. And <laughs> I'd already said no to Sam Very inappropriate. once. And we'd always talked about doing it, have drinks and say, uh, I always loved her back at house. We worked together for a little while and uh, how great it would be. And then um, she called me and I just started this really great job as a brand ambassador in Toronto uh, for a, a company that's growing quite large, Founders. And... I'd said no the first time and then she got the, I got the call again and she says, I'm, I've found another place, are you ready? And I said no and she goes, look, don't say no, just will you come and have a look at it? So I said, okay, I'll do that much. And um, I remember waking up that morning and my girlfriend said, what are you going to do with your day off? And I said, I'm going to Prince Edward County to look at a restaurant. And she said, what? That's, uh, I said, we'll, t- we'll talk about this later. So it was a big move for her as well, uh, who's been a massive help in helping us with the restaurant. But uh, yeah, I came out and saw the space and it was just, and she's, Sam's very hard to say no to, so not even. We saw it from the, like the window. window. Well, yeah, we didn't have access, access it in. because the place was still closed. We didn't we were, have like, a lease, right? So we can't access it. Just just, I was just like, I swear it's really cute. <laughs> just look at the window. Like I'm a really good liar, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been working with the county and, and producing some content with them, um, with regards to a lot of the business owners here in the county and what life is like here. So. Before we kind of dig into all things La Condesa, first of all, does anyone remember what they first felt when they came here for the first time? So, like, did you connect with it right away? Did you see the charm in it? I would love for you to just authentically describe your first trip here. I came on Thanksgiving, so it was, like, white and snowy and beautiful. But I remember, like, there's no way to get from Belleville here like on the train here, so you have to take a cab. And I remember, I was talking, we were talking about this yesterday. It was just like the longest drive of like nothing. I'm like, where are we? And then I was at the Parsons house and just like had awesome dinner. And it's just, just, it was so like what I thought of Canada, you know, like just vast and white and like frozen, beautiful. Um, but I didn't think I understand what Prince Edward County was until like, I think until I moved here. I hadn't, I, I really didn't understand. I just knew like, 
two kilometers of it. Like, it was insane. But I, I don't know. I, it is a magical place. It just attracts you here. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I don't even know why I moved. I just had a gut feeling. It's know? a gut feeling. Yeah. And, and once you're in the county, you'll never leave. <laughs> and should, people think like moving to the county is like this sort of like big transition that you have to make in your lifestyle and all that. Where I find like, like especially living here, what I like starting to realize is like, okay, let's say your your daily life in the city is wake up more like here. If I wake up, if I want like a really good cup of coffee, I you know in a grace. If I want like a beer, like to go out for a drink, I have like a really good, well-known brewery right beside me. If I want something like upper fine dining, I have the Drake Hotel with the great view. Like it's, you don't really miss much, and also like that's only like the if you want to kind of relate it to like the city aspect. But there's way more outside of that that people are not even like touching base on. Like the you can do so many outdoor activities. There's so much wineries. There's so much views that you can. It's just land is so vast here that opportunities are endless. It doesn't feel like small town. Canada, yeah, it doesn't feel like small town. It, it doesn't feel like boutique is the best word to put it. Like boutique town. Like so, I, that's how I like. When I moved, there, I didn't have a feeling of like, oh, why am I here? Or like. This doesn't. This doesn't feel like off. It feels off. It, it never. I never felt that. I just felt like. I felt it a couple of times. I was just like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" <laughs> That's true. But it was I, way I harder. Like, you, I can see that. I didn't have a car. I didn't have like friends. Yeah, I didn't exactly. have anything. You came alone <laughs> first, so that she <laughs> kind of had like spearheaded the thing, and she made it easier for me and for my. I'm assuming like to kind of like ease us in, but. I can see, yeah, of course, the first one going is going to have that. And I think just the car issue, because I couldn't see anything or, you know, like just have a regular lifestyle. Um, so I was like in, trapped in a little corner for a long time. It's funny, you're like the pioneer who like <laughs> set up flag and was like, literally. okay, we're doing this. Somehow, <laughs> who's going to join me? And literally, I think that's she, really yeah, inspiring. Well, I think literally. I just came along. I knew yeah. I was just going to do it alone no matter what. Yeah. And then it all like rolled out into being this great, but I, I never even imagined this would happen. <laughs> I think it's an interesting conversation, Riz. You mentioned like you have your one coffee shop and your one brewery because I live in Toronto right now and I'm almost faced with like decision fatigue of like we now have 40 great breweries around us. So it's like every Friday night, it's like, well, should we go out and to which one? And then you don't really build relationships with the business owners because exactly. you're going to a new restaurant every night of the week and you don't go back to the same places because you don't have to and so that's what I I really love about what I'm seeing here is it's still small enough that you probably do get to know a lot of your fellow entrepreneur friends and even as someone who's maybe just a customer of the restaurant they're going to come in here repeatedly because it's maybe one of 20 choices or one of 10 choices and I think that is such a great way to build strong relationships and so it's something special they learn their lives and they learn yours and it's just it really ties it into a community and people protect each other people protect the county like mm-hmm. they're really involved i i've noticed that they become a family like a big big family and you've hit the nail on the head relationships and community those two words like it's been so ingrained in me since i've moved here that i've never felt like that like in the city whereas here it's like for example you go like you know everyone down the street like you know those scenes where you in the movie you drive down, you just wave at everyone. That's literally <laughs> my more this morning. I went to Picton and like I know everyone like that works in the grocery. Like it's not there's some charm to that. Like I'm not romanticizing that because that's not something. But it's real. That's a real 
value. And even we were talking about like shopping local, you know, you could go to Walmart and buy everything you need in one run. But the fact that you like shop local, you know, that kid's going to school, you know, that little girl's going to ballet, like it really, it moves your money and it makes it, and we go spend it at the other restaurant and those guys will come over. So you almost like recycle your own money in the little island. Like it just stays active here, you know, as like, you know, the effect of what you do. And you see it right away, which I think is kind of The county's going to love me when I put this episode out because know, you guys are like just like these <laughs> spokespeople for people to move here, which I think is really cool. Do you see a lot of folks from Toronto um, shifting their life here? Have you seen a lot of so. people making that move or have you met I think the majority is Toronto. There's a lot of locals for sure. The majority of people that are like the new wave of people that are coming, I think it's Toronto. But it's like strategically in the middle of Toronto, Ottawa, and uh, Montreal. So you definitely have all those influences, which is makes this place really cosmopolitan and, and cool and chill and like literally all of the, all of it at the same time. Exactly, like it's it's a weird amalgamation of county, country, city, new, and like boutique, like independence. Like you know, you kind of get all three of that in kind of one bubble that. It's, it's a rare thing, to be honest. It's a real rare mm-hmm. climate to live in. Yeah. yeah, and I think you kind of need to see it and experience exactly. it it's to a, understand. It's, 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 exactly. It's a very rare climate that we're lucky to be part of. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so let's kind of reel it back a little bit. Um, I would love to know, usually we start the podcast uh, with everyone kind of sharing what you went to school for and maybe what your... Um, your career trajectory was looking like before you all came together and partnered on La Condesa. So maybe share, yeah, did you go to school? What was it for? Well, I think I just fell into this career just because I was 19 and I left university and I left Mexico and I'm like, okay. So I like went out, found a job and it was always like in cooking. And I ended up just like moving up a little food chain, staying in the industry. And I just never left. I kept on working in the industry for the past 10 years. It's it's like I when I was young, I used to like bake so I could like have some money and travel. And that's like the only thing I've really ever done with my life. So I kept on doing it. Did you ever have intentions of opening a business? No, never. Like I'm like, I have big goals, but I also have a lot of really small ones. And I literally live like month by month, week by week. And I just set little goals and, and it all like ended up tying into obviously a bigger goal. But I never imagine this would have just come the way it did mm-hmm. everything was perfectly timed the perfect place like it was just there's no way we i could have planned this or you know it's just it was so organically felt and i think that's nice to hear that sometimes just by doing something you love and obviously for you i was working in the restaurant industry sometimes things just start to unfold and i think if you try to be the best in at what you do yeah, things will just follow you know Absolutely. Just set high standards for your own personal life and yeah. and something will come up out of that. <laughs> Riz, how about you? Did you go to school? Did you study? So, and then what was your career trajectory? So mine is a very... So I went to... I moved to Canada when I was 14. So when I was grade 10, I came here. And I did go to school. I went to UFD for business. And then I worked at Quest Trade, which was like an online brokerage. I worked there for two years. And throughout my whole time, I was just like in the cubicle and like kind of like that kind of like nine to five grind. And I always liked cooking, but I just never, I'm the type of person if like someone tells me I can't do something, I like have to prove them wrong. So I just 
everyone was just, ah, oh, you can't do it, you can't do it. I was like, okay, watch me. Like, I just quit. And then um, I fell in love. I wanted to do Mexican food because at the time, like, if someone were to ask me what Mexican food was, this is back again, like, six, seven years ago. My, my knowledge of Mexican food at the time was so limited that I just thought it was just, like, beef, beef tacos and cheese. Like, that's what I actually thought. And then when someone showed me, like, no, there's this whole vast, like, so vast, like, of Mexican knowledge and Mexican cuisine that I was, how did I even, like, just, like, put all that into one little idea? So I, like, did all my research. I, like, tried to learn as much as I could, work in as many Mexican restaurants as I can. And that's how I sort of, like, developed this always affinity for Mexican cuisine that I wanted to be up there with Italian, which I think it is, Italian, French, Japanese, I think it's up there. I honestly really do. And she's shown me like that way of like, it can be and it will be. And that's always my trajectory that to portray Mexican cuisine in the light that it needs to be. Mm. I love that what you just shared. It shows that like you did your work, you, you immersed yourself in it. Some people say, well, you know, I'd love to pick up a new hobby or I want to get really good at something. It's like, well, then go get a job and then learn from that job and then quit that job and go find a new job and and throw yourself into it head first. You can learn anything and it's never too late. I agree. Just because you're in a desk job doesn't mean you're stuck there forever. And just because you're in a desk doesn't mean you have to quit it and do like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to do what I did. doesn't mean you you have to do it. You can, can, there's other ways to go about it. I'm not condoning all that, but there's other ways to increase your knowledge or whatever so um yeah that was my story with mexican cuisine i like during school i worked at el katrine like i uh, did all of it you know so i tried to at least and it's not saying that your knowledge will ever end you're always learning like we're gonna go in toronto to go meet or try to meet uh enrique Olvera. he's like a chef from puyo mexico, mexico, mexico city yeah. And he's doing um, like a talk at George Bryan promoting his book, so we're gonna go. And we're gonna be there like an hour earlier to be we're gonna first nerd out. in line. Like, yeah, yeah you'll be fanning like him school, hard. Yes, yeah, just have a conversation. We're nerd him. out and like kind of pick his brain with certain things and constantly learning. The learning never ends. Yeah, ever, ever. Ends. You can make the same dish every day, and like you learn something every day about beans or just like the relationship with food. It's yeah. pretty crazy. I think diving into being part of a new business or owning a new business, you are always going to be learning. And if you're not okay <laughs> with that, if you want the same thing every day, don't. This is not for you. Yeah. All right, Matthew, let's hear about you. So first of all, when did you move to Canada? And then what did you go to school for, if any? And what did your career trajectory kind of look like? Yeah, so uh, I went to school for hospitality management, actually. And uh, I think from the age of 15, all I ever wanted to do was open a restaurant. And uh, I'd always been in um, cocktails, uh, into cocktail bars in Australia and in Toronto before working in a Mexican restaurant and like Riz just completely fell in love with the food and, uh, and tequila and I spent a lot of time in Mexico as well uh, and that first tequila bar I worked at was in Toronto. I was just visiting here on a working holiday visa back in 2007 and then ever since then back in Australia I just kept getting into cocktails. Uh, all my cocktails I put on menus were involved with mezcal or tequila. And um, after like uh, I think 14 years in the industry, I started to sort of step back a little bit from it, uh, be a little tired, and I and I got a job within the industry, but within an office, and um, I was like sort of straying further from that dream of opening a restaurant, and just sort of came to realize that it might not happen, and, uh, and then Sam pulled me back in, and now I'm doing 15-hour days, but uh, <laughs> I couldn't be happier, and it's honestly uh, so good to be back, and uh, it's 
exactly what uh, I wanted to do, something with tequila and mezcal, and just so happy to be here. So cool. the uh, path, the... And we make a great team. Like, yeah. honestly, it just, I can't even yeah. dream and team. And we're honestly so happy is. that Matthew like, made the decision to come because his knowledge of Mexican, like, drinks, cocktails, and how he can, like, kind of, like, showcase the the drink aspect, but also do it in a real calming, sort of, like, non-abrasive way. It's, like, so fine niche that it's hard to find. And he does it so well that we're so thankful that to have him, like, manage the whole front of house. Like, you know, it's, you have to know your strengths and weaknesses. Like, seriously, you know, like, like, There's things we can't yeah. do. And even his partner, like, it, she's not industry, and it, like, it just she's the person that we needed to just consolidate everything. <laughs> yeah. She's done our menus, all our designing, and she's, like, here 24-7. I had the joke where she's, like, our left brain. <laughs> you know, she does, like, the design and all that, like, all the artistic stuff. Like, that's her. Like, yeah. And that's the reason I ended up staying in Canada. I, I was here 07 to 09, and then I moved back at the end of 2013 on another two-year visa just to um, to visit some friends and have another working holiday. And then I met her in that first summer of 2014, and... Um, he ended up staying, became a resident, and we've been together almost five years now. Wow. So I have two things to kind of add on that. It's funny that you say, like, now you're back to working 15-hour days, yet you're probably happier than ever. And I think that's so funny as a business owner, too. I know the long hours that go into working your dream life and building something that's meaningful to you and starting a business. And I know a lot of people associate the word freedom with entrepreneurship. And it's funny because I'm sure you all feel free and, like, freedom is great but yet we're working longer than ever and it's like so yeah you're pouring into it I it's think like, the freedom at least on our on my side it comes from like the creative freedom mm-hmm. like I could we could spend here 16 17 hours a day but like it's almost like we're playing around with food it doesn't even feel like a job like I almost feel like I've never worked a day in my life because it's, it's what I love to do I, I couldn't even wake up one day and like not be doing this like I wouldn't have that motivation in me you know mm-hmm. this is like this is like it keeps me going it's yeah. like a certain kind of rush that just like I want more and I like, want to keep getting better and just doing it. It so. is. And not having anyone to tell you what to do or how to do it, it just means that you can continually don't, like, regenerate yourself. don't have a lot yourself. of free time, but I have a yeah. free, yeah, creative freedom. Creative freedom, <laughs> but no free time. Which is what I need. Mean. And then, oh, yeah, go ahead. So, so I remember when uh, we are making the decision to go into business together and some family or friends would say, you know, make sure you outline how many hours you're all expected to work because, you know, sometimes you can end up working more than your business partners. And I'm like... That's definitely not going to be the case. Like, I get here at 9 a.m. and they're already here and I feel bad and I'm like, they beat me to it. So uh, we're all just here from start to finish at the moment. And yeah, it is. The it. definition of passionate. Exactly. And you hit passionate is the right word. Because when people think freedom with entrepreneurship, they think freedom in their soul. So what you're passionate about, if you can do that on, on a daily basis and get better at your passion on a daily basis, I think that's what people associate freedom with. Because you're free to work on your passion on a daily basis that becomes your life like you know so I love that yeah free I'm free finally to work on my passion exactly because when I was in my last corporate job five years ago I felt like I had to be a different version of myself and I was suppressing what I really wanted to be doing and that didn't feel free to me so yeah so I work 16 hour days now but I'm finally free to that's exactly what the put it into words yeah. yeah Um, and then before we move on to talking all things, this beautiful space that you've all created, 
Um, Matthew, I just want to hone in. I get a lot of questions for people who want to make a move. Uh, maybe they're not happy in the current city that they're in, but their partner is maybe not on board. So it sounds like you maybe had to have that conversation um, with your partner. And so could you shine a spotlight on like, what does that look like when you say, I'd like to uproot our life and move it, whether it's two hours away or 20 hours away, how does that process work? Definitely, it was a decision that I was gonna make without her. And uh, she was a e-commerce manager. So she was in digital marketing for a women's activewear company. She worked at head office in Toronto. And uh, I mean, she was looking to move out of the city as well. I'd bought up like Guelph and she thought it was too far from the city. And now we're like two, two hours from the city, even further. So um, yeah, we waited all up and we asked a lot of people and um, she knew this was something that I always wanted to do. And uh, in the end, uh, she, at first she was gonna stay in the city and do the commuting and try and see each other when we could. But uh, in the end, uh, she was happy to give it a go and come out. and. Uh, as I said, she's been really big with our branding and helping with the, uh, the website. She designed our menus and uh, a lot of little things along the way that we couldn't do. And uh, she's working front of house as well, which she's never done, but uh, she's really enjoyed the move out here. And I think uh, hopefully we've got her for a few more months, but I think after a while she'll try and get back into digital marketing. And what originally she thought that there was going to be nothing out here for her. And we've heard from a lot of the locals that there is actually opportunities uh, in digital marketing in the county. So. Uh, in the end, it's been a really good move for both of us. Mm-hmm. Why we did it? That's awesome. Yeah, sometimes you just have to take the leap and then start making the connections when you're here. And of course, yeah. there's going to be tons. And you of truly can out. do connections here, like just yeah. by even like by serving people and being out in the community. You, everybody has a story. It's incredible. They all came from somewhere. They all had a past life. And they refugees. Almost, yeah, <laughs> everyone's almost like rebranded themselves here. It, I think it's amazing. You don't have, always have to be the same person for the rest of your life. You know. New beginnings are good. <laughs> Very good point. And that is the whole one of the whole reasons why I started uh, my brand, Visionary Life, is to show people that you are not stuck. You do not have to live and die in the same place. You can pivot your life anytime without feeling guilty about it. And you can live your dream life. You just have to evolve it and change it and uh, recognize that sometimes a change is good. So um, I agree. Okay, so we are in this beautiful space right now. Am I saying La Condesa? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I maybe don't have the, the flair, but maybe, Sam, we could hear from you. What is La Condesa? So for the person listening who's like, what? It, like, I have no idea. Maybe they've never been to Prince Edward County. They've obviously never eaten here before. Could you describe it? La Condesa is just a chill restaurant <laughs> that's exactly what like our motto is trying to be just like good food decent prices amazing cocktails just trying to even out like you don't need to break the bank to have good food people associate like mexican food with cheap food you know like always like that like we're feeling that you're too stuffed like mexican food is not at all like that really trying to change that mentality of like when you think Mexican food, you relate it to like Taco Bell or fast food or whatever, you know, like we, you can be in a fast paced environment and like good cocktails and like, it doesn't have to be bad food. Like we're doing our whole like massa program, like the corn tortilla base. Like we're bringing it, we're partnering up with a good hombres in Toronto. Like they bring the corn from Mexico. It's non GMO organic corn. They change the pH and put it through like basically two volcano stones and it comes wow. out and it's like as legit as it used to be like 2000 years ago in Mexico, which it's like people maybe don't understand or grasp that, but like it's a very, it's a lot of effort to put into one tortilla. 
and it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be affordable and it shouldn't be like intimidating we're just trying to have a good time good food we're, we're trying to recreate a place where we want to be and we want to go out for dinner and it's honestly pretty we, we go by chill <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and so did you ever put like a formal business plan to this concept or did it kind of move so fast that you just started doing 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 it moved really fast um, it's something we never planned um, the old owners approached us and I wasn't even looking to leave my other job but I was kind of like this is an amazing opportunity uh, love the location love the restaurant it all just fell every step every like thing that I was going to be a problem it just solution came right in and it just built it up so fast that I almost we didn't even think about it too much we're just like let's act we've been doing this for the past 10 years like mm-hmm. we kind of know what we're doing but it's never like we've never had it all you know mm-hmm. it just fell through we sort of did a business plan but we are we're just we kind of know what we're doing he knows the power levels we know what we're doing with the food like it was about teaming up with the right people i think in any business like if you have i feel like we're in the business of people you know the products we're comfortable doing are either products but the people is what really draws everything the mood if you come back if you don't if you know it's 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 all people based team based from like dishwashers to like owners it really is all one unit mm-hmm. i think that's the biggest challenge and my focus has always been more people than the actual business which i don't know if it's a, it's like a theory that people should do but i just believe if you have the right people they won't steal from you they'll do the right thing you know it's just i'm i think more on that side than probably the numbers side but I love hearing that I think that your people are your most important asset and same with your customers so your staff and your customers so treat them like gold and if they stay with you forever you're gonna make build a community that is magnetic and, and they will represent your brand the way you want it to yeah it's very very true one team one drink yes that's, that's their motto that's the <laughs> I like that so let's kind of before we dive into more businessy questions paint a picture for someone if they're about to come in the door and be here for the first time i want to go through the whole experience so they walk in what do they see what are they going to order off the menu what cocktails are going to be served to them so maybe each of you can kind of shed light on like what you're hoping that each customer experiences through your eyes Let's start with the cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we always check if it's their first time here. And I mean, it's only three weekends we've been open, but the amount of times I ask that question, it, it's not. People have already been here before, but if they haven't, we always say that uh, the whole menu is designed to share. So everything doesn't come out uh, at the same time. It comes out as it's ready. So we do have to recommend that sharing aspect, which creates for a better environment as it is. Uh, we always recommend a few tacos to start. I usually suggest a guacamole and a ceviche. Uh, which these guys can get out pretty quickly. Uh, the ceviche has a white fish ceviche with shrimp, that's cured in lime, and then the tuna tostada as well. Uh, the fish taco we really pushed as uh, number one seller for our tacos. And then uh, the two biggest sellers for at the moment, one of ours is a uh, sangria. That is a, uh, it's a rose petal hibiscus infused gin with fresh watermelon juice, rose, and a house-made raspberry cordial. And the other one as well, which has been popular for us, is a, uh, a twist on a margarita. Uh, Zona Rosa, which is a grilled pineapple and jalapeno infused, so it has a bit of a kick to it uh, and just complements the spice from both the food and the drink. Okay, well, already I'm drooling. I so know. This is great. <laughs> Anything else to add from both of your perspectives of the experience that I'm going to feel when I when I dine here? I feel when you come in, especially during nighttime, we kind of have like 
the music, the Latin music, the Mexican music, it kind of gives you in that sort of like... It transports you. you. It transports you. You really, when you enter that door, you, tr you get transported from being in the county to kind of like being in a fun atmosphere like with the cocktails and the food. As Matthew was saying, sharing kind of makes everything sort of laid back and... You kind we want to make you forget you kind of can be the at outer ease. world, you and know? Just have with, a good time in here. With people like shaking cocktails and making cocktails, you kind of have all this vibrancy around you that it's, it's kind of give, puts you at ease. And we want people to feel at ease and feel comfortable and like feel like, oh, okay, let's share a taco, let's share this, let's here. And the menu some is designed with two like, you know? small plates so you can re like, literally try it all. I like I like eating small portions but different flavors and I think that's what the menu provides. Everything's kind of small, affordable. So if you want to go all out and try the whole menu, it's great. If you want to have two tacos, a beer, and go for lunch, it, it's both sides. Um, yeah, sharing plates is what we're mainly trying to do. But really, what we want to make you do is just forget that there's an outside world and you're in Mexico yeah. for two hours. You know. Mm -hmm. And we try to do that with the little with the colors that you have on the side, like the pink and the mural in the back, and with the plants, kind of lifts everything and grounds everything at the same time kind of lifts gives you the energy with the color so you get this music and the color it lifts you and the plant sort of like brings you kind of that nature and kind of like puts a bit everything like kind of down to earth sort of also Amira was inspired from Mexico County animals versions of what we think uh, Crystal Deegan she's a local artist she helped us she still is working on the full mural She's been doing it by hand. It's been it's been crazy. I like gave her like a couple of guidelines, and she came back with this like explosion of ideas. I'm like, you're crazy. Do it. <laughs> Very cool. And I will definitely post a picture of that in the show notes yeah. so that people can see what you're talking. It's still about. in the works, but it's it's there. No, it's beautiful. And she, Chris Deligan, we gave her the freedom really to like. We kind of gave her like the guidelines of like the patterns of what we wanted, but she has had ultimate freedom to do whatever she wants, and it has been amazing it's been like more than we could ever dream of like this mural is going to be and it's good to see the progress like maybe when you came in the first week some things weren't there now some things have been added maybe a month from now more things will be added so it kind of gives people to see that Change. progress of like a back mural yeah it's gorgeous so obviously you said you've been open what three weeks yes okay so you're still kind of in launch phase and 100%. obviously hashing out some of and we only the open weekends so i don't even feel like it's three weeks it's yeah like just when days. you get into the flow you're closed <laughs> yeah. for a few days so i would love to ask each of you because i know a lot of the listeners who tune into the podcast they are either thinking about launching a business or maybe they're in the first launch um, of an online business or um, a physical space is there one lesson you feel like you've learned in the past few weeks about launching a business? It could be anything with regards to like how much time or money or I, again, something exciting. Again, I go back to the team. Because if you don't have the right team, you can't do anything. You can have all the money in the world, you can have it all, and if you don't have the right team, your vision's not going to come through. I think the rest of the problems that you might find, you just have to solve them as you go. But if you have the right team, everything will be way easier. <laughs> I think so a lot about priority and she's taught me this a lot it's like when people start opening a business and start having an idea you think about the end product and you have this vision of your end product and that's all you're thinking and it can be super overwhelming that let's say you have to do it in three months and you all you think oh I have to create a whole restaurant in two two three months what am I supposed to do and all you're thinking about you have to have a checklist and priority of everyday small steps that are going to end up leading you 
to that final product. And if you just focus on the end product so much, you can get overwhelmed and flabbergasted and just like kind of like thinking it's too much for you to do and too much to handle. Really nothing is too much to handle if you have the right team, like she said. And prioritizing every day, going one step, making sure you're always taking that one step forward toward the end goal. Mm -hmm. And, and having daily goals. If you achieve yeah. two, three things a day, exactly. it doesn't seem that too much. Exactly. You're you like really have to forward. like dial down your your to a daily goal thing rather than think about the grand picture. It's almost like there's a macro way to look at things and a micro way to look at things. And you want to, at the end of the day, keep it in your macro outline, but go every day micro steps. And that's what I think. I think that's a really good advice for anyone thinking about starting a business is that, yes, it's great to have that big goal, but you have to bring it back to what's the smallest yeah. viable thing I can do today yeah. in order to achieve yeah. some sort of forward motion. For example, that's like, all you need to exa do. Exactly. Like, for example, like you want your goal to be like the bar to have a great cocktail is, okay, good. That's your goal. One, you need glasses. You need... You need color, you need all these little printing things, paper. you need printing paper, you need, you need all these little things to, before you even get there, before you even start about thinking about that, like, you know, so it's, you always have to dial down to a micro daily goal. Is there anything either of you um, feel like you're currently challenged by or really needing to learn more about right now that maybe you don't have the exact skills in? I think, at least in the county, getting staff in is the biggest issue so I think like we've, we've been having three weeks of things flowing and refining our groove but then to open full time we need that team again so it's I keep tying it back to team but it's it's what we've been sorry challenged with and it's always kind of like the hardest part um, so we're just working on building the right team we'll have a training today and like just having that core strong before we can go massive. You know? I would say uh, 100% there because uh, at the moment it's fun, all of us working 50 hours each in three days, but um, just keep training to try and relieve some of that pressure from us. So uh, when it comes to seven days a week, we're not doing that on a daily basis and burn ourselves out so we can put the people in place. And I think also it's like educating people about Mexican food because it's ingredients they've never had, things they've never seen. Um, so it's really even names, you know, like have the whole menus in Spanish. I'm like, how how to pronounce things, little things that we want to communicate with our staff, but also be able to relate the full story to the, the people that come through. Mm -hmm. So, are any of you working other jobs right now in order to kind of help to support this, or have you all gone full time with the we restaurant? Full time, <laughs> amazing. And have you had to ask for outside funding, or have you kind of just fronted a lot of the money yourselves? We did it all ourselves. Wow, <laughs> good for you. So, so you're just like showing I, that it is like possible. Like I said, to it do. honestly, it all fell through perfectly. We were we were like we should buy a house, and we ended up just opening a business. But I think. It was obviously a little bit challenging not to get a loan and do all that, but at the end of the day, we're gonna pay it off quicker. Like at this point, like we haven't made money, but we're not really owing money, which is to me, we're a little bit more ahead than. And it was great that we were all sort of uh, on the same budget as well. So it wasn't one person that had extra cash than other putting it. We're all sort of we got to the end there, and we're like, all right, let's not spend another cent. Let's open these doors. <laughs> yeah. We're eating and rice get some and cash beans. flow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the noodles. And at the end, we ended up doing a lot of the work ourselves and the design. And like this is when Morgan came in, just like complimented everything because everything we couldn't do, she ended up doing. 
um, we can cook, he can bartend, but the mm-hmm. little details that were needed, she just like complimented each other. It just felt, I don't even know how it happened. We're yeah. just lucky people, I swear to God. Yeah, like, and I'm sure you, I just, don't know. you get resourceful and a bit scrappy when 100%. you don't have all this money pouring <laughs> yeah. All the paint is not perfectly straight, but it we gives it charm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I love hearing that too. So most people associate launching a business with needing a marketing budget or needing to do a lot of promotion. So what have you done, whether it costs money or was free, to promote La We've done the opposite. I'm like, don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anyone. Keep it on the low. It's a small town. I guess we're also on Main Street, so people, everyone knew. But we were trying to, like, keep it on the low until we had it figured it out because we had nothing figured out. But it just, it blew up real fast. (laughs) But we haven't really done any marketing. I, I mean, Instagram was a huge one. I don't even know how because none of us are like masters of Instagram and then I think at some point we had like eight nine posts and someone came up to the kitchen he's like did you realize you have over a thousand followers with nine posts I'm like no I have like 200 (laughs) they're like no and I'm like I think you're reading it wrong and I go up and I'm like how is this possible like how I don't understand Um, yeah it blew up real fast but I can't believe the amount of people we've had through the doors I remember the first day we opened for lunch on a Friday and Sam was like, I don't know if anyone's going to come today. We haven't announced that we're opening. And I'm like, should we do a post? And I'm like, look, let's just not post. Let's just like see how it goes. And we've been full ever since. And um, even at lunchtime in this time of the year, uh, the Saturday lunch, we were turning people away at the door. So it's just been a great response. Very great problem. So we're trying to build that lunch crowd because the dinner is kind of a given usually at restaurants. So if we have a strong core that's the lunch, then we'll be able to pay bills. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's a really good point. Amazing. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit and see how you guys are thriving and surviving as uh, new business owners. So I'm going to ask some random questions. Feel free to say whatever comes to mind. So we'll start with you, Sam. What's your favorite way to spend 24 hours away from work? Honestly, just being a tourist in Prince Edward County, which is really cool. You have that freedom of two three-minute drive I have a winery I can see the water like there's always like almost like no plan even just drive around and walk the dog on the beach just like being a little tourist for a day I I love that Mm -hmm. because then we get to go out and like we love the service industry we serve love to serve people we we also like the other version of being sit down and enjoying food I think that's why we we bought a canoe as well so in the summer we'll just take a little canoe trip do a little canoe relaxation try out see the outdoors because that's why you, yeah. you might as well take advantage of it, to be honest. Like, you're here in the county, you're, you're surrounded by outdoor activities, like lakes, waters, you can canoe, you, you can do countless amount of Just be outside, it changes just to your mood and mindset. And that's what we, for whatever free time we can str- get, we try to do. We try to go outside and see what's out there. Mm-hmm. See the sun. <laughs> uh, Riz, I'll ask you, is there a tool or an object or a ritual that you feel like you can't live without in running your business? A tool? I guess my knife would be a tool. I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a tortilla press. A tortilla press or like a tortilla press? You have a tortilla press? Oh, yes. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Or what, this is really funny We did thing 600 that. tacos this weekend. I was yeah. like, actually, no, we did... 555 I think something like that and then I looked at like in 10 days we were like almost like a 2,000 tacos or like tortilla press wow. like it's it, without that I don't know how would if well, how yeah. we would do business but there's this funny thing that I do almost every morning when I like go 
to try to get like ingredients or something. It's like I drive down this little <laughs> road down here. There's a little road that goes, you can see the water, there's a little bench. And it's like a really calming drive, like for 10 seconds. And I just make it a point to always go through that road just so I can have like a, every day I start my day like with a clear kind of like new fresh start. And then I just go. Like, you know, mm. like that's kind of my daily ritual that I try to do. I like that. It's like knowing that you just feel that moment of peace. I have to. Like, and I've like dragged these guys every time I go. Like every time I just go down there. <laughs> and I'm like, the other day me and him, like I saw him, like, let's go down and have breakfast there or something. Like I just have to do it. See the water. See yeah. the water and just start it. Like, you know, like I kind of you reset your brain. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Matthew, let's ask you a different question. Um, what inspires you, whether that's to create amazing cocktails or to come into work in a good mood? What do you need to do to stay inspired? Uh, research as much as possible. What these guys were just saying, I love dining, love going out and uh, constantly experimenting with cocktails and food uh, and just traveling, I think, was probably the best uh, inspiration. Mm-hmm. A lot of the cocktails here as well, they're not too experimental because uh, we're the first of its kind to do like really this tequila mezcal in the county. Uh, so a lot of the, the just spin off on classic cocktails that are already so popular uh, with the mezcal twist, and uh, they're, they're going over really well. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to end this interview off by asking you the same question that I always ask all the guests. So I would like all of you to say an answer. So for someone listening to this podcast who is really inspired by this journey that three of you have taken, and they really want to start a business, or maybe they want to start like a little side passion project, or dive into a full-time venture but they have no idea where to begin they're just overwhelmed with feeling like a business must be so challenging if you could offer them one piece of advice to to just get started and to inspire them to chase after their dreams what would that be get a good accountant oh that's a great piece of advice yes because most of the people know if if you have a passion you are thriving you're like always researching and like in that environment but that back part that is essential to a business and it's not fun. Uh, if you don't want to do it yourself, just get a good accountant. <laughs> I love that. I think that's super important and I've learned that lesson the hard way. So thanks for bringing that up. I say um, stage. So staging, So let's say your side project or you want to start a business and it has something to do with carpentry, let's say, and you do it on a regular in your house carpentry. I would say go to your, to this, uh, your local business that's a carpenter and he runs his own business and say, I'll work for you for free mm-hmm. for the weekends and I'll just do whatever you want me to do. Because carpentry business, let's say your business is the carpentry business, it's not just cutting wood. Like there's a million other things that go along with that business. And if you're going there and willing to do it for free, you showcase that you're serious about it and you showcase your, your passion about it. And then you also like, learning doesn't just mean someone sitting there and telling you what to do and you'll learn that. Your eyes and ears will always stay open. You'll, you'll see you're in the atmosphere, you're in, you're in the dragon's den. And you get to see what other people are doing, how they're doing things, why they're doing things, just the little things and how they do things. And you get to pick up a lot of things if you're, if you're always conscious about it. You have to stay conscious and you always have to be ready for that moment. Because you never know when that moment's going to come. And if you're not ready for your moment, it will flee. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have their moments fleet without knowing that it's there. So I say immerse yourself. Do it for free. Like try to learn as I much as you can. I say get a job. 
Yeah, I, like, I really don't believe in stages. I don't believe anyone should be work without compensation. Like, no, yeah, I know, but if that's your only yeah, exactly. way if in, sometimes like that's your yes, only way. But, then, you and know then what I mean? maybe you have to evolve into asking to be paid. I think, yeah. but I, I agree with what both of you are saying. Like, like, don't obviously go into debt working for free yeah, for the rest of your exactly. life. But you need to get in the room get with the people who are doing yeah. what you want to do. And if that means working for free on weekends, just while you begin, yeah, if I that's agree, the only yeah. option, sometimes yeah. that so that's. Can set you you might not even like it sometimes like you know it's like that's how you gauge yourself. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think would be a good advice. Awesome, Matthew. How about you? Do you have any advice for someone who's overwhelmed uh, with how to start? For me, when I was still deciding to do this, I reached out to um, just people who know business. I reached out to uh, one of my brothers, uh, to my mom, and then my brother helped me with put together a P and L statement. Uh, and just looked at simple things like average gas check, um, how many bums on seat do you need each week to make this feasible, how much money do you need to make to, to make it a profitable business to pay bills, and just see uh, if it's financially feasible, and how much money you need cash up front to start it. And then uh, I think Sam said at the start to focus on your strength and with the things you don't know, try and bring those people in. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm, that's so true. Yeah, and I like what you said. Like, ask someone who's done it before. If you have a, a family or a friend who can assist you with the financials, if that's not your strength, ask them. Like, share your vision with them and they'll probably gladly Even help experiences, you. experiences, like what happens when someone's too drunk? Like, how do I cut them off? Or like, you know, little things that you're like, they just, you know, from experience, just don't, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to reach out. You know, mm-hmm. know your strength and weaknesses kind of absolutely so if people want to come and dine with you and find you and chat with you uh, where can they learn more about La Condesa probably the Instagram is their best way La Condesa PC we recently just launched uh, the website as well lacondesarestaurant.com but we're pretty active on social media I think that's the best way to find us um, just know, come come in and find out what we're doing kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, best way is to come experience Exactly. It. Well, thank you for this surprise roundtable podcast. <laughs> I'm really excited to have met all of you and thank I you, wish Kelsey. you an amazing season ahead. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Too bad we're not open to feed you and we can probably get her a sangria <laughs> or something if you like. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Visionary Life. Did you learn something new or are you inspired to take action on a new project? If so, please get in touch with me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell or in our secret Facebook community. Just search Visionary Life by Kelsey Rydell on Facebook. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps us share the stories of visionary entrepreneurs with more and more people. If you're interested in working with me, just head to KelseyRidle.com. And if you've been thinking about joining my 90-day business coaching program, please reach out and book a free 15-minute call, and I'd love to chat with you.